0: Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy.
1: And thanks so much for being with us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a very, very good show. We've got some top guests. I believe over the weekend, um, there are... Uh, no less than uh, 12 Breeders' Cup win-and-you're-in races uh, across the country. Actually, 13. Uh, I just checked my notes. And uh, they're spread across the country, but the bulk of those will be at Keeneland. And so we are going to have Mike Battaglia with us. We're going to uh, break down Saturday's card. So uh, you're definitely going to want to uh, get your pencil out and put down some of Mike's selections. And then uh, also from Keeneland, a woman I've known going back to 1987 when she was covering the Ohio Derby, I believe the year Lost Code won it, and that is none other than Amy Owens, who uh now calls Lexington her home, and she is the... Uh, Communications associate, but she's the one that fires out all the press releases. She's boots on the ground. Amy knows the sports from top to bottom. She's been editors of national magazines and uh, just as an outstanding journalist. So we're going to get her read on what's going on in Keeneland because, as always, even though they could just open up the doors and get a crowd every day, uh, they continue to be on the cutting edge of technology. She's going to tell us about some of the things that that Keeneland's doing this year for the fans. Uh, Just uh, an outstanding job. Of course, uh, last week, uh, what uh, what a week of racing. Uh, It was Super Saturday in New York. Uh, We will get to... uh, all of those races, and uh, and talk about those, uh, many are going to have a huge impact on uh, the Breeders' Cup uh, coming up November 1st. Um, what was late breaking in news that was coming out as we were doing the show last week was the wrap-up from a track we handicapped several weeks ago and talked to uh, the President, Corey Johnson, and that was Kentucky Downs, and uh, they ended up just having a sensational meet uh, at Kentucky Downs. Unbelievable the uh, money that was given out and the money that was made. Uh, their handle soared to three point three million. Remember, now this is a five-day meet. It's an all-time record, hundred and seventeen percent increase. Uh, just uh, unbelievable. And Al, I should stand corrected. That was on the final day. They handled twelve million, an all-time record, an increase. Listen to this, of sixty-nine percent from last year, and they're on track handle. Increase 17%, and it's a bit of the ways out of the way, but again, I'm telling you, next year, I'll try to give you a reminder a couple of weeks out uh, that you definitely won't want to get there because uh, when you get increases like that, it's unbelievable. And, you know, and beyond, beyond just those numbers, it, it also succeeded in establishing uh, that little old Franklin, Kentucky racetrack. Uh, new people, national spotlight people like Rosie Napravnik, uh, now she's the fifth-leading jockey in the country. Well, she was the leading jockey, at Kentucky Downs, of course, with so few days, it only took eight wins. Gary Stevens, the Hall of Famer, uh, he rode the winner of the $400,000 Kentucky Turf Cup. And uh, Wayne Catalano, who uh, you know just conditionally uh, wins the Arlington title, uh, he ended up with ten victories down there. So uh, little old Kentucky Downs uh, bringing people in. Highly successful. Again, put that on your bucket list. Well, uh, this was the first year where uh, they switched some dates down in Kentucky and Churchill Downs September meet, uh, produced some very encouraging results. Of course, they featured uh, some strong down- – Downs after dark meet. And then, of course, last week we got to see uh, Fort Larned win the inaugural $191,000 homecoming classic that was basically just kind of a walkover, a a tune-up for the Breeders' Cup Classic, a race that he won uh, last week, last week, last year, with uh, Brian Hernandez in the saddle. And Brian will be back aboard. Um, But uh, so they, they tried the September meet. The people showed up. They had some top, top racing. And uh, it looks like uh, Ken and Sarah Ramsey, no big surprise there, the all time leaders in victories by owners at Churchill. Uh, they won three races on the final day, passing Maggie Moss to uh, get the September meets leading over trophy by margin of six to four. And uh, let's see, Dale Roman settled his eighth winner of the September meet in its final race to tie Steve Asmussen for the honor of leading trainer, and Mike Maker was only one win back. And uh, there were some good Churchill Downs battles between Corey Lannery and Shaw Brigman for leading jockey. It was Brigman Mahan who won the spring meet title, but Corey Lannery got the September meet with a 19-14 to 14 edge, so uh, successful down there in Louisville, Kentucky. All right. The uh, Fazzy Tipton Mid-Atlantic sale. Recently, we covered the uh, the Keeneland sale for you. Uh, The uh, market uh, continues to grow. It's a one-day sale, but they put in a uh, top, top effort, 21% increase returns from last year's auction in which 276 horses were sold for 6000 Uh The average and median prices were the highest posted in the Eastern fall yearling sale in the past decade. Eleven horses sold for six figures, nearly doubling 2012's six-yearlings who brought 100000 or more. The sales topper purchased by Bortolazzi Stables was a quarter-million-dollar quality road colt. He is really off and running. Well... Of course, we mentioned the Breeders' Cup, and a lot of last week's races are going to have impacts on that, but how about the Breeders' Cup Classic? we got a five-way rematch that could be settling up. The first four finishers from last year's Breeders' Cup Classic, plus the beaten favorite in that race, all look like they're going to be coming back in this year's five million dollar classic. Again, the Breeders Cup starts on November 1st, but goes into November 2nd. It is a two day event. You've got, uh, uh, victories by Fort Larned, Mucho Macho Man, and Ron the Greek in their final preps on Saturday. So, uh, it looks like, uh, we are going to have one heck of a rematch back in, in the classic. So, uh, yeah, I think we may see Painter in there, who just ran second last week. I believe, uh, Palace Malice is going to take on his elders after running a good game last week. We are going to have some changes, though, because it looks like, uh, there are ha- going to be some, uh, jockey switches. Mike Smith is going to be back on Game on Dude. Uh, Martin Garcia rode Game on Dude in the Pacific Classic, uh, but Mike, uh, already had, you know, the, uh, the, the previous con uh, commitment on Royal Delta the same day at Saratoga and he long ago told mop wherever this horse goes I'm going and there are some rumors that Royal Delta may even run next year so uh, Mike Smith again back on the dude and it looks like uh, Johnny V is going to pick up the mount on Palace Malice in the Breeders' Cup Classic so that's not a whole big class drop for sure so uh Cot Candle also says that they've heard from a lot of breeders concerning his stallion career, but being racing people, they fully expect to run Palace Malice next year. So uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic is shaping up to be an outstanding race can't wait to see it can't wait to see all the breeders cup races uh looks like there's going to be some great throwdowns so um from there let's uh take a look at uh, some more news from over the week because there's so many upcoming stakes Um uh, we're going to look at uh of course the keeneland races with mike but again you know it, there's a lot of breeders cup winning your end 13 as i stated earlier and uh you know, we've got uh, on Friday uh, the the Alcibates, which is a grade one, and the Phoenix, which is a grade three. Both of those Breeders' Cup win and you're in at Keeneland. So it kicks off tomorrow opening day. And then uh – on Saturday at Belmont, you've got the Grade 1 Champagne for the 2-year-old boys. You've got the Frazette Stakes, Grade 1 for the 2-year-old girls. Uh, the Jamaica Handicap, the Hawthorne Derby, Indiana Derby, and Oaks will be run on Saturday. Um, and then, of course, the Keeneland Races. Out at Santa Anita, you've got the Santa Anita Sprint Championship. Trenenberg's making the trip for that one. That's a Grade 1 Breeders' Cup win, and you're in. And let's not forget... It's not over on the weekend. On Sunday, you've got the the Grade 3 Miss Grillo at Belmont, uh, Breeders' Cup winning your end. As are the next three races, I'll tell you about the Pilgrim Stakes at Belmont, Keeneland's Judmon Spencer, and Keeneland's Bourbon Stakes. And I believe the last one will be the Keeneland J.P. Morgan Chase Jessamine Stakes. That's a Grade 3. And that will be run on Wednesday. So that that's a look at what's coming up this weekend. We are packed jammed with great races. Let's go back now and look at some of the great races from last week. And uh, we'll start with Super Saturday. We'll go uh, right to the top. the The final race, no such thing as a sure thing. Ron the Greek, a lot of people were looking at flat-out to repeat the Mott trainee, but it was the other Mott trainee, Ron the Greek, that got the job done. He took the lead after a mile and just drew away by almost seven lengths. So Ron the Greek will be a part of the Breeders' Cup Classic. Finishing second in that race was the three-year-old Palace Malice. Flat-out, after stumbling at the gate, was third. Uh, Earlier in the day, what a matchup we saw we saw a future champion and an established champion. Royal Delta took the lead, turning for home. Mike Smith looked like he had plenty of horse, but Javier Castellano came on with three-year-old Princess of Silmar, and she is the real deal. That makes it four grade one wins in a row. She takes the Beldame over the elder Royal Delta, uh, centering, checked in as the third horse. Um, in the uh, the Kelso Handicap, the winner was a horse that uh, uh, has always had a little bit of question mark around him, but he proved himself this time, partially owned by Terry Bradshaw. Graydar got the job done in the Kelso Handicap. Then it was on to the Vosburg, and that was private zone, wire to wire, held on by a neck. There was a lot of bumping with Justin Phillip through the final yards, but nonetheless, his number did stay up. Then in the flower bowl, it was the stable mates. Tannery and Laughing and Laughing got the job done at the wire, even though Tannery closed very, very strongly. It'll be interesting to see where these horses pop up next, obviously. May meet in a breeders' cup race. And then you had the Joe Tur- Joe Hurst Turf Classic. What this might have been the best race of the week ahead bobbing finish it was unbelievable and who returned back to his form of old breeders cup turf winner little mike who had not won a race in four starts this year held on by a head over big blue kitten who had a rabbit in the race for him and then out at san anita the big race out there of course used to be called the goodwood now it was the awesome again and the winner mucho macho man rated beautifully Gary Stevens had one heck of a weekend and uh, he took the lead into the stretch just kicked clear and won by four and a quarter lengths and again Gary Stevens having a fantastic weekend out there the other horse I'll mention was in the Zenyatta and that was Gary Stevens aboard Beholder what a nice three year old she is she dominated Stevens never uncocked his whip so that was a look at the uh, the biggest and best races that we handicapped on winning ponies last week again we've got the huge races coming up fall stars all stars and coming up to tell us all about what's going to be happening in Keelan is amy owens you're listening to winning ponies
0: flagship station for sports
1: voice america sports
0: and they're off what can't make it to the track
2: On the Voice America Sports Network.
1: Here, 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 here. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's has the...
2: Got it. With 2.8 seconds left left. <laughs> I don't care where they put him. This one is out
0: of here. From high school to the pros, we <laughs> cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
1: I had to I had to go, go back in time a little bit and research when I first uh, met Amy. Uh, she's one of the hardest working uh, women you'll you'll find in racing right now. Uh, she's been promoted to the Keeneland's uh, communications associate. Uh, she hails from St. Charles, Missouri. She's a graduate of the Missouris. School of Journalism. Uh, She's been a freelance writer and editor. She's worked for all kinds of publications, organizations, and farms in the racing industry. And uh, she's been uh, kicking around the press box up at Keeneland since 2006. That's not a bad place to be. But in my research... I tried to think the first time I met Amy, and I realized it was 1987, the year that Lost Code won the Ohio Derby. And if memory serves me well, we ended up at a bar with Gene St. Leon, <laughs> and he had the Ohio Derby trophy with him. Does that rattle your cage, was Amy? Was that the
3: winking lizard by any chance? Am I have my, my yes. Ohio bars mixed up.
1: <laughs> um, I think this is when we got back to the hotel bar, but I do remember Gene Saint Leon walking in at some point in time during the night with his trophy under his arm.
3: That was a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely.
1: Now um, let's familiarize uh, the, the uh, audience, the winning ponies of uh, you know, how you got to be where you're at. You know how you got how you got the bug. Uh, I mean, Missouri. I don't see a whole lot of tracks uh, out there. Uh, what, what brought you to, towards thoroughbred racing?
3: Well, my dad happens to be from Kentucky and always was a fan of thoroughbred racing, not necessarily a horse player, really never went to the track, but he always followed uh thoroughbred racing from the time he was a boy and listened to Calumet Farms' great horses, went on the radio to uh the television coverage. And in the early 70s, we were living in central Illinois, and a horse named Secretary just captured everyone's attention. And I remember, uh, I was pretty young then, but watching a Secretary, then that just hooked me on horse racing. And like a lot of little girls, I liked horses and just always, uh, kept an interest and followed racing from as best I could living, uh, in central Illinois and then near St. Louis. So, we took a lot of vacations to Kentucky, where my aunt and uncle live here in Lexington, and actually got to see Secretary at Claiborne Farm several times. So that was a tremendous thrill when I was growing up. So I always became interested in in writing and journalism in high school, and I thought it would be fun to somehow combine my love of racing with my interest in writing and just was fortunate that um there were some opportunities available and um I've spent my entire career in the horse racing industry which I'm very fortunate.
1: Well, you're not only fortunate, you're very, very good at what you do. And all I can tell you is you really make my job a lot easier with all the information you put out. I mean, you've got to be a real boots on the ground kind of person to garner all the information that goes out there. Well, obviously, you know, one big headline that came out in your press release is the fact that if racing fans across the country want a chance to see a Horse of the Year, uh, they're going to get a chance to see that on Saturday. I'm going to be covering all of your uh, Fall Stars, All Stars uh, race uh, with Mike Pataglia coming up here at the bottom of the hour. But, again, Wise Dan will, will appear at, at Keeneland on Saturday um, in the Shadwell Turf Mile. But you're also, as much as you, you'll be welcoming a hero on Saturday, you're kind of saying goodbye to a Keeneland icon tomorrow.
3: Yeah, tomorrow is the opening day of the fall race meet, and we've got a special uh, ceremony to honor Bucky Sally, who's retiring after more than 50 years as our bugler. And Bucky is uh, becoming Bugler Emeritus, which is probably uh, the first time in the world that's ever uh, that kind of title (laughs) is (laughs) bestowed upon somebody. So that's quite a special honor. And then we're also going to welcome our new bugle, bugler uh, Steve Buttleman. So uh, the ceremonies are going to begin around noon. Um, We're going to have a lot of officials and racing VIPs are going to honor Bucky, and uh, our fans will be available, uh, are welcome to leave messages for Bucky, and we'll have a Bucky mailbox set up near the paddock, and Bucky will be here to sign autographs, and he has such a loyal and deep fan base, and he loves them so much and really has been a great icon for Keeland and a wonderful ambassador for this racetrack.
1: You know, as much time as I've spent around the wind circle down there, man, if I had a nickel for every person that he posed for a picture with, I'd be a rich man right
3: now. He's, uh, he's tremendous, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to believe it's been 50 years. That's quite a career.
1: Alright, now there's so many, so many things, you know, I, I've told people all the time, Keelan's the kind of place where you could come every day, you could get hit in the face with a frying pan when you came in, and the next day they'd set a new attendance record. People, you know, you don't have to do a whole lot to attract people to Keeneland, but you, have taken on this philosophy that you want to continue to uh, broaden the experience of the fans that come there. You guys have done a great job keeping up with the social media. Now, there's one new thing that's coming out, and as much as everybody seems to live on their phone these days, give me a little insight in the new race day app that you guys are having.
3: Well, we have a new race day app. Like you said, it's free. It's available on iTunes and from Google, and it's has a lot of information, including a wagering calculator. It's got a, a aspect to. So if you're here at Keelan, you can let your friends know where you are. If you're interested in finding burgoo or bread pudding, you can search the dining, the the concession stands, and find exactly what you want to eat. So I don't need
1: an app for that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> So uh, it's it's a great addition to um, the uh, information that Keeneland provides. You can have that right at your fingertips and never be at a loss for where you want to go or what you want to do.
1: Well, it, it, it's it's great because, I, quite frankly, it's a great app, especially for catching up with your friends, because as, as packed as that place can get, you know, it, it's uh it, Kind of hard to sometimes hunt down people. I know I've uh, told people, "Hey, I'll meet you by blank," and that's not always easy with so many people you've you've got there. Well, it's, it seems like you've got you've got so many things going on um, every weekend. Um, now you've got something that's going to be going on Fridays and Saturdays that uh, of interest to me, and that's a craft beer tent.
3: Yeah, uh, Keila wants to get involved in, in the popularity of gr- craft beer, and we'll have a. Uh tent in the North Terrace. It's going to feature popular local craft beer. Uh, Shout out to Country Boy Brewing in Wessex Brewery, and there's a growing, uh, very popular uh, craft beer uh, segment in, in, in Lexington. So one thing I also want to mention, since so we do a lot of talking about Fall Stars Weekend, is we have a microsite on Keeneland.com. Yes, that what is does that all mean? the information you need to know about Fall Stars Weekend, the horses that are running in the race. Uh We have a contest that's going to offer you a shot at the Breeders' Cup. You can uh, have an opportunity to win the trip for two to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, by picking the most winners from the Breeders' Cup Winning Your End Challenge races that I know you and Michael talk about. And you can register at that site at, at Keeneland.com slash Fall slash Contest. And uh, we urge everyone uh, to do that because it will really put you in the action.
1: Absolutely. I'd never heard that term before. Did you guys invent that, or is that something I've just missed on social media?
3: What's that? The microsite? Yes. Well, I get a little section of Keeneland.com, so um, it's just what we call it.
1: Well, I, I find it very interesting. I want you to go slowly because I want to. I've got it written down, but I want to make sure that our, our, our listeners can. Once again, when they go to Keeneland.com, how do they get to the microsite?
3: It's just slash. Fallstarskeeneland dot com slash fallstars. If you go to the main Keeneland site, you'll see a, a place to get to it as well.
1: Well, uh, all I can say, Amy, is it's it just it's it's unbelievable all the different things that you you, you guys have have going on there. Um, you've also got uh, I, I've been around a lot of mixologists, but you've got bedologists. Mm-hmm. I guess that's to help the novices out.
3: Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are uh, a member of our uh, wagering central team, and they are very visible with straw hats, straw fedoras, and uh, green vest. And they are available to answer any kind of question you have on wagering, show you how to use self-service wagering terminals, sign you up from Keeneland Select, uh, do a variety of, of different things to. You know, it's always more fun to go to the races and have a couple dollars uh, on a horse, a rooting interest, and they'll show you how to uh, make the most of, of that opportunity and give you a little edge so you kind of know what you're doing when you uh, go to the wagering window and, and uh, drop a couple dollars or more.
1: And there's no better place to do this this time of year and Keeneland Race Course in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, I advise everybody, if you have not been there in person, you need to get there. And if ever there was a weekend to go <laughs> this year, it's Fall Stars All-Stars. Amy, thanks so much for spending the time with us. I'm going to do my best to break it down with Mike Battaglia. Of course, uh, you know, what I know you can put in a thimble compared to the information that he's probably got on these uh, races on Saturday. So, um, I thank you for for updating on all the events. Tell everybody once again we'll go to Keeneland.com uh, and you're going to find out everything that's going on. Amy Owens thanks so much for being a guest on Winning Ponies.
3: Thank you John. It was a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Alright I'll see you in the press box probably tomorrow. That's Amy Owens from Keeneland. Coming up next one of the top handicappers in the country and a guy that knows a lot about the bluegrass, Mike Battaglia. You're listening to Winning Ponies. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports
3: and they're off
0: what can't make it to the track
1: You certainly know the name if you've watched any of the national broadcast of uh, Breeders' Cup, Triple Crown races, or uh, you've ever been down to Keeneland uh, Racecourse. Of course, uh, in northern Kentucky and southern Ohio uh, for decades, the name Bataglia is kind of like the name Smith, if you're at a racetrack. And uh, I can go back to the days when uh, when Mike's father, John, uh, was the general manager at not one, but two racetracks in the Cincinnati area, uh, both River down- Downs and uh, Latonia, as it was known back in the day. I've been having fun going through some of the old records. I tried to save as many historic items as I could, and every time I pulled something up, there was the name of John Battaglia. And with us right now is his son, Mike Battaglia, who has connections that, that go back to the river, I believe. That it, was, it was an early announcer there. Did you cut your teeth at River Downs, Mike?
2: Actually, Miles Park was first. When My dad was also the general manager there. I'm glad you brought that up. But, you know, John my dad he was a visionary if if you look back at some of the things he initiated he was the first one that brought night racing to kentucky i've got an article that billy reed wrote well before simulcasting started with my dad talking about it's ridiculous that these tracks only run a couple months a year and then they go dark they could be open year-round taking bets from the other racetracks and you know <laughs> well, well before simulcasting started so uh he was uh he was, he was pretty much ahead of his time and uh, definitely got my start. Uh, at Miles Park, I started calling the races there. Then I went to Turfway. I was calling, I did call at River Downs for a couple of years, uh, just half the meet. I, I did half the meet and Kevin Gomer did the other half. Uh, we right. ch- did 50 days. And then, of course, I started at, uh, uh, at Keeneland before they even had an announcer. I called all the races on the radio and it started at Churchill Downs in, uh, 77 and called my first Derby in 78. So. Lot, uh, way, way back, 40 years at Turfway.
1: Well, uh, all I can say is that it, it, it's kind of strange. I don't know about you, but it, you, you know how there's a cycle of life. I, I kind of feel like, uh, even though it worked out well for Churchill, that it, it's kind of a strange rhythm to, to racing in Kentucky with, without that uh, uh, really uh, great fall meet at, at, at Turfway Park that they always had and them not having it this season. I don't know if it's changed your rhythm or not, but it sure has mine.
2: Yeah, you know, I definitely miss it. Of course, I, you know, I work for both tracks. So, and, you know, Churchill's a great racetrack, but the September meet was, that was the Kentucky Cup meet, you know, for, yeah. for Turfway. Jerry Carroll started the Kentucky Cup and we, we, we had some great horses running the Kentucky Cup and go on to win Breeders Cup races, uh, plenty of them. And, uh, you know, that went by the wayside slowly. We started lost a couple races. Then we lost the whole Kentucky Cup and then we lost the whole, September meet and it's it's sad it's just uh, uh, man, it's a sad state right now of uh, uh, racing for the smaller racetracks uh, without the uh, slots I was up parks for the uh, Pennsylvania Derby a couple of weeks ago I went up there and did a regional telecast uh, for for the race and they had two million dollar races at parks you know, it used to be Philly Park and I, I mean uh, you two million dollar races on the same car the cotillion and the Philadelphia or in the Pennsylvania Derby Other than the Breeders' Cup, the only racetrack in the country with $2 million rings, and you ought to see the casino up there.
1: Unbelievable. Well, but let's yeah. face it. Uh, in most places, that's the way of the world. And uh, uh, again, you, you know all the foibles that are there happening in Kentucky, and we'll see if that that ever changes things. But one thing that that hasn't changed for the longest time is uh, the tradition of, of racing at Keeneland. Uh, the quality of horses uh, and horsemen uh, that show up there every year, and I mean, starting tomorrow with opening day and the Alcibiades and Saturday. I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, so many people, if they show up live on the next couple of days, all the way into Wednesday, quite frankly, uh, they're going to see horses that they're going to be watching November 1st and 2nd at the Breeders' Cup.
2: Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, Keeneland's only 70 miles from here, but it's a world apart. I I heard a one of the radio ads today, and I thought, boy, that's a that's a good line because you
1: go down there, and it's just a different world. It's thoroughbred country. <laughs> and it, it, it really is, and, and it's a, and it's a so great much. time. They put on a great show. I mean, the the, the quality of the horses, and, and then the horses. I mean, you get you get leading, leading owners. I'm looking down here at the card. I'm seeing leading uh, trainers from Europe, leading trainers from Canada. Uh, obviously, across the United States, uh, you know people like you know Suge McGee and Chuck LaPresti. Uh, it, it, it's just unbelievable. And in saying that, Mike, that can't make your job too easy because it's a brief meet. Seldom do horses even get a chance to come back and run a second race. What kind of challenges that provide you as as a professional handicapper?
2: It is tough. It really is, and especially. We've got, on Friday, a hundred and fifty horses entered for ten races. A hundred and fifty horses, believe that or not. I mean, every field, the Alphabetes has got fourteen, the British Futurity on uh, Saturday, got fourteen in there, plus all eligible, got two champions gonna run this weekend, uh, with, uh, Groupie Doll. Groupie Doll and Y-Dan.
1: And, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just going to be a heck of a weekend. It it really is. Well, um, you know, I'm trying to trying to trying to feel you out here again. Um, you know, Keelan has a great turf course. Uh, also has poly track. Uh, races are carded at uh, at so many different uh, distances. Uh, it presents a real handicapping challenge. Now, now you've been there every year since they've put in the poly track. Yep. is there a trend? Well, you know what? I think
2: it's just tough to say. Of course, you you know how the track used to be. With the dirt track, it was the inside speed all the time. Right. And now the poly track is supposed to be uniform. It's supposed to not favor the front runners and not favor the late speed. You know, it's supposed to be even. And normally, if you look at the end of the meet, that plays out pretty true. But if you look at trends during the meet, you will get some biases. A couple of days, you'll see that, that, that you've got to be on the lead. A couple of days, you'll see that you've got to come from off the pace. It kind of depends on the day. Now, toward the end of the meet, I think it all evens up and it is an even track. But you
1: do have to look for those biases that can happen just you know two three days in a row. Well, you're not going to have any chance to look at that, but with the races, I'm going to ask you to look at. You know, I'm looking at yeah. all stars, all stars here, and so none of us know how it's going to be playing, but we do know that there's going to be some, you know, fantastic horses coming to post in every single race. Real, we'll take a look. I know I'm asking you to put ten pounds in a five pound sack, but starting with the five and a half uh, furlong uh, Woodford Stakes, uh, it, this is a this is a Grade Three. Uh, this presents uh, an interesting group. Uh, the one, there, there's three horses that catch my eye. I don't know if you want to comment on them or not. The one that really catches it is, is Havelock, who, uh who is a horse that, for whatever reason, decided to go over to Europe. A horse that's had amazing. Success at Keeneland, and uh, right. you know, but but has been a long layoff, and then you've got uh, Great Mills, who was second in this race last year, one of the most consistent horses in training, perhaps the best place bet you ever made at Keeneland, and then Storm of the Century, who's coming off a a huge effort in the Grade Three at Parks. Uh, you may have been there that day. Um, those are the three that float to the top to me. I'm just wondering how you see this race.
2: Well, you know, Great Mills, I made favorite, and he looks. Pretty strong. I, 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 got, I didn't pick him. There's just a lot of speed. Storm of the Century. If he runs either one of his last two races back, he wins. But they were both at parks and were both on the off turf, good and a yielding turf. This is a former claimer who just got really good in those last two races. Those are freaky races. The last two races he that that he won. He got 102 buyer in that last race, the Turf Monster, and it was a monster race, but it was on a yielding turf course. And had lucks coming back from Great Britain, so you know. Uh, there's some minuses for all of them. I I thought they all had a chance. I picked Ansel in there. And this is a horse that doesn't have nearly the credentials that these other horses do. But the horse is one for one at Keeneland, has been training well at Keeneland, has been on the grounds at Keeneland since back in July. And uh, Joan Scott's an underrated trainer. I think she'll have this horse ready. And he can come from a little bit off the pace. He's one for one at Wasn't crazy about the race. Any of those three that you said can definitely win. I went for a little bit of a price with Ansel in
1: there. Okay. Well, very interesting. This is why we've got you on winning ponies, Mike Vitaglia. Well, uh, from there, uh, we we go to a race. Uh, This is a Saturday card, by the way, we ought to tell people. Not tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry, Saturday. Um yeah, the, the, this is the, the Saturday Card. Club of America. And, yeah. obviously, all eyes are going to be on Groupie Doll. And, uh, you know, and quite frankly, I'll be in her corner. I'm a big Buff Bradley fan. Uh, the, the only horses I see as a threat to her are, are two horses that absolutely love Keeneland because they've never been beaten there, and Judy the Beauty and Gypsy Robin. Um, I'm well. looking at your insights into this race. No, I'm like you. I,
2: you know, I love Groupie Doll. I love Buffy. He's done a great job with this horse. She's going to be three to five or shorter. And I, I just kept looking at her, and I'm going to root for her. Trust me. But I picked against her. Uh Just because the price is going to be way too short, her last two races were subpar for Groupie Doll, and she could have needed both of them. She's going to have to get better, I would think, to, 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 to justify two to five. She's also picking up nine pounds off the last race. Judy the Beauty is picking up two pounds off of the race. She got beat two and a half. So there's a seven-pound weight shift between those two. Johnny Velasquez has picked up the mount on Judy the Beauty. Velasquez is one of the best riders I've ever seen first time on a horse. He's never been on this horse for Wesley Ward. He's picked up the mount. Groupie Doll beat her by two and a half. She'll probably beat her again, but I went for Judy the Beauty. The seven-pound weight shift and Johnny Velasquez. And the short price, I think Groupie Doll wins if, if if she runs anywhere close to what she did last year. But her first two races, even her win last time out, she the uh, Raji Mirage had to get into her a couple of times in the stretch, and uh, she was all out to win. I, I do think third start off the layoff is big. She'll probably move up uh, if she gets even close to what she was when she won this race last year. She wins again, but at two to five or three to five. I might try due to the beauty, just because
1: of the weight difference and the in the Johnny Velasquez. Well, from a better perspective, that's that's great information, Mike. I, I will say I watch very closely uh... her return after the layoff. I know originally that she was going to start a Gulfstream. Looks like uh, Buff made the right decision. There was something he didn't like uh... back in the spring, and he brought her back to the farm with Brass Hat. And I think he could totally throw out the Gardenia if you watch that race. The way she came out of the gate, and then after that, the way they kind of corralled her, uh, she did not have a shot. Now, again, then she came back on the poly uh, at at Presque Isle, and uh, she's going to be hard to bet against. But, yeah, Judy Beauty, if you're going to bet against her, I think has a shot. I just did the fact that she, she was
2: getting weight from partly at Purely Hot and Judith Beauty in that race at Prescott. Isle. Some of these weights just kill me. She was actually, she's a champion. She was getting weight. She carried 15 that day. They both had to carry 18. That's <laughs> so hard to believe. Them, that is but very hard to believe. Nine pounds, you know, and I, that, that's that's quite a bit of a weight. I'll be rooting for her. I think she's the best horse. It's just that in this situation, it, I I I wouldn't bet my money on her so I couldn't pick her on top at that at that short price. That's why I picked against her. And that's the only reason, but I'll be rooting for her
1: too. Wow, that's that's fair to say. And that's why we got Mike Battaglia on with us here at Winning Ponies. We're going to take a brief break and then I'm going to try to squeeze in the last three big races at Keeneland on Saturday. You're listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs> internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
0: And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com. The home of the Easy Win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, porters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you.
1: All right, with me, one of the most respected handicappers in the land, Mike Battaglia. Mike, before we get on to our, our final three races, uh, I, I just want to ask you, do they actually pay you money to work with Newmeyer? You look like you're having way too much fun. <laughs> do have a good time together. Uh, the whole crew on NBC, I'm telling you, it
2: is, no, it's a pleasure. It really is. And uh, yeah, I don't think going to be listening, so I can say this, yeah, I'd do it for free. <laughs> 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 I won't tell anybody, even this is on
1: podcast. <laughs> uh, don't pass that along. No, no, once they find that out, and I've learned that lesson, it's like, oh, it, Engler, it, we don't have to give him a raise. He likes his yeah. job too much.
2: <laughs> it, 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 it Really, I feel that way all my life. I've been getting paid for something that I really love to do. And, uh, you know, if you have to work, trust me, this is the way to do it, working at the racetrack and working uh, on NBC. It's just, uh, you know covering horse racing being at all the big
1: races it's just more than I could have dreamed that I would ever be doing yeah and as much as it is and I know I know you like to go to window every now and then and it's great to watch great yeah. horses this sport I think more than any other sport uh brings together such a myriad of great people and a lot of characters
2: yeah, it really does, and it just did people and, and and all facets of it. But I heard you talking to Amy Owens before the whole publicity staff, Amy Owens, and all the three Amy's that are working there. <laughs> all of them, they just do such a great job at Keeneland. I really, I, I just love going to,
1: uh, to to Keeneland to work. Well, it's it's a fantastic environment, and again on, on Saturday it's going to be some fantastic racing. We're going to move now into into a Grade One, the First Lady. This race is at a mile, and I'm looking at my comments on here. I've got this thing is just, like, lit up with my highlighter. And I just I just said, wow. And I said, uh, you've got two Euros and a lot of horses that like Keeneland. I don't know yep. how you find a, a favorite in in here, Mike.
2: Well, you know, if you the, I, I like the favorite in here, and that's Day at the Spa. Um, I know it's a New York bread, but uh, – Uh, You know, really like Chad Brown, Velasquez is uh, riding, again, picking up the mount for the first time, Uh, although Castellano's been riding this horse, and there's not much better than Castellano, but anyway, Velasquez picking up the mount for the first time. She's run 12 times, eight wins, two seconds, like that, perfect two for two at Keeneland, and she's got tactical speed where she can be close to the front, but she doesn't have to be on the lead, and... uh, you know, I just think uh, I'm giving her a slight edge, but like you say, there's so many of them. Shug's got a horse in here Hungry Island, and this Better Lucky uh, is a, a grade one winner, won the Matriarch back in November of last year. I don't know about the Europeans. Aiden O'Brien uh, sent over, say, uh, the horse has only won two races, but, uh, you know, the last time ran, it ran in a group one and only got beat a half length, so you have to like that uh with with say and then the other one uh Amazonas coming in with uh, Edward Dunlop's horse this is a uh 3-year-old with uh, only a couple of uh starts six starts so i thought the horse could definitely improve too but i didn't pick either one of the Europeans i i just thought that they might be you know a little bit less although both of them have grade 1 uh or
1: group 1 races on their resume They do. And, uh, and and talking about Dave, the spa, of course, this is a horse that won the the Queen Elizabeth uh, at Keeneland last year pretty impressively uh, on the, on the front end. Uh, and you, you spoke of its eight wins from 12 stars. Well, four of those wins were at Saturday's distance at a flat mile on the turf, that's pretty darn impressive. And, again, with Johnny V up, uh, that's not going to hurt you. I noticed that there's going to be a lot of jockeys that we're going to see at Keeneland that aren't there on Saturday, because there's a lot of lot of other races that they seem committed to, so it'll be interesting to see how things uh, spread out uh, a- as the meet goes on. But certainly, Johnny B. decided to hang around Keeneland, and he can pretty much pick up an- anything he wants. Th- th- yeah, the mystery horse to me is say, I mean, Aiden O'Brien. I mean, yeah. I, you know, the the, guy, the guys, legendary in Europe, and this horse, as you said, just missed a Grade One. Over uh, in Ireland by a half a length. And of course, all the European horses get first LASIKs when they come to uh, North America. It, yeah. It's going to be a heck of a race. And again, I can co sign. Your, your, um, you're looking at any uh, horse that should sends the post, but Hungry Island, another horse that can win at Keeneland and can win on the turf. So that's going to be a very interesting horse. Not one of the bigger fields, but we'll move on to the one of the bigger fields. And uh, that's going to be the uh, Dixiana, Dixiana Breeders', breeders and this, this is a grade one race that should have impact on the Breeders' Cup. Uh, the race is going a mile and a sixteenth, which always leaves questions for the babies. And we've got three stakes winners in here. Uh, leaves it pretty wide open. Uh, the graded stakes winner is Solitary Ranger. Mike, I'm doing all my handicapping without odds. Who did you make the favorite? <laughs> I made
2: Kendall's boy the favorite, and i, 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 I four-to-one favorite, believe it or not, John. And I'm not sure. This is just a horse. Ran so well at Havana first time out at Saratoga. and Havana was the big talk. This was supposed to be you know, one of the top two-year-olds. And then that last time race at, at Churchill, uh, Rosie probably never asked this horse to run. One by five lengths and, in hand. And it's definitely bred to get the mile in the 16th, but I didn't pick him up. Four to one favorite. The more I look, there's a ton of early speed in here, and there's only a few horses that have got two turn experience. And one of them's Arctic Slope. I made the horse fifteen to one and picked the horse. The more I looked, uh, Kenny McPeak's horse, Joe Rocco riding. I, I really liked his last race, and the first time he ran, he ran against Bashart, who's coming back as one of the favorites on uh, uh, Sunday in the turf race uh, for the uh, for the two year old colts. And I like the way he was second there, and then came back and won, broke his maiden, going a mile on a sixteenth at Churchill. Never been on the Poly, so I have to see how he handles that. You got to get a price to take a horse like this. He just broke his maiden, as you said. There's some stakes winners uh, with General Jack in there, uh, although his stakes win was at Canterbury, so I take that with a grain of salt. You got the Arlington Washington Futurity winner in there and Solitary Ranger, so it's it, it's a good race. But I was just looking for. A bit of a price in here, and I thought that with all the early speed and all these sprinters that have never been around two turns, I'm taking a proven horse at two turns, and that's Arctic Slope.
1: That certainly makes sense. That's great advice for our listeners here. Again, we've got Mike Battaglia with us here on, on Winning Ponies. Let's face it; if we're ever going to look for a price, it would be in a two-year-old race going around two turns for right. the first time with, with uh, you know a lot of horses with great. Greeting, good connections, a myriad of talent. Anything could happen in here. Horses making equipment changes, getting lasics the first time. Uh, horses have taken strange routes to this race, like uh, General Jack, who went from Belmont to Canterbury to yeah. win the Shakopee Juvenile. <laughs> you know, of course, out of the Maker's stable, he's red hot wherever he goes. And now oh, we yeah, come we up to, to the of and, and, and
2: Kenny Ramsey, Ken and Sarah Ramsey last year, the 25 wins for the Ramses. No owner no owner is ever going to come close to that at a Keeneland meet. The old record was 12, set <laughs> way back at, and, uh, by uh, Calumet or Claiborne, one of them might have been Calumet, and equaled by Ramsey. And he had 25 winners, and Maker had 35 wins as a trainer, I believe. No, but Those were both records, and they'll both do great again this, this meet.
1: Oh, Mike, we've had so much information to try to put in this show. It looks like I'm down to under a minute. I think we close out with the Shadwell Turf mile. Do you put a ring around Wise Dan? Best horse in the country. I mean, any horse can lose, but I'd be shocked if he I,
2: I can't believe how easy this horse went, won the uh, Woodbine mile. Went mile and 31 and 3, and Velasquez never asked the horse to run. I think the horse is the best horse in the country. I think he could win the Classic if he ran the Classic. And he's going to go back in the turf. He's the best American turf horse since Bluer. Uh, he's on a nine-race winning streak. Could be much bigger than that if he uh, he, he lost to Steven Foster by a head to Ron the Greek, who you know he's tough going and it's a mile and an eighth and a mile and a quarter. He lost that one by a head nine in a row since then. And, you know, that's going to come to an end sometime, but I don't think it's going to come to an end on Saturday. I think he wins the the Shadwell and goes on to repeat
1: as a a two-time winner in the Breeders' Cup mile. All right, well, you just heard it, the best bet of the day on Fall Stars All-Stars at Keeneland from one of the best handicappers in the country. Mike Battaglia, thank you so much for being with us on Winning Ponies, and that's pretty much going to close out the show for this week. I want to thank Amy Owens, and I want to see all of you folks down in the bluegrass at Keeneland. Opening day tomorrow, we're going to have a great meet. Thanks for tuning in to Winning Ponies.